superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. So, as you know, um, I've had an issue with my Uber rating for quite some time now. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Click your icon in the top right. View my rating. Yeah, view my rating. Oh, this is fantastic. 16 one star. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman. Bears Head Coach, Matt Eberflus. ESPN Senior Baseball Writer, Jeff Passan. Plus, from Amazon Freebies, Bosch Legacy, actor Titus Welliver. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Boy, we have a lot to talk about today. and We've got some great guests. The Bears Head Coach, uh, Matt Eberflus, his first appearance on this program. Uh, Chicago Bears fans hoping against hope that this is going to go down well uh, with him there. Um, we've also got uh, Titus Welliver, who, who's outstanding in uh, as Bosch, and he's back as Bosch and Bosch Legacy, and um, he is dynamite. He is all kinds of fascinating and funny. And um, from New England, he loves his New England team. Celtics tonight play the Heat in Game 2 of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. He's here in studio. The PGA Championship is underway. Tiger is out on the course with Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. We've got a major tournament to follow over the next three hours. Fantastic news there. Um, Chris Brockman, you are in your spot. I'm Mike here. Del Tufo, we say hello to you. Hello, DJ Rich. Mikey hello. D. Uh, TJ Jefferson, light the candle, man. Because yeah, man. Well, actually, it's very strange. The candle's already been lit in the well, sports world today. Oh, that yeah. is true. Um, <laughs> and so, We're on uh, fire lots, already. I mean, lots to talk about. Last night, game one between um, the Warriors and the Mavs. Um, you know, the Mavs uh, uh, busted open a cold one on, on uh, you know... <laughs> Is what happened. Um, the Warriors took care of business. The Mavs were cold, and um, and and we'll discuss and maybe hungover. Well, well, no, I mean, and and we'll discuss um, the significance of all that for for Game One, um, as the Warriors took a one zero lead there in that conference standings for the conference finals. You smell that? That's the world of college football up in flames right uh, now. Uh oh. It might be a speed of candle. Uh, no, no. <laughs> it, it, it's the world of college football ablaze. And the person who said it, and Fuego, <laughs> none other than Nick Saban, speaking last night in front of a home audience in Birmingham, Alabama, in front of local business leaders up on the stage for a chit chat, a little QA, um, spoke. Quite a bit about the name, image, and likeness world that college football finds itself in. He was on the show a couple weeks ago and spoke about it, um, but not naming names like he did last night. He spoke about how, again, that he believes players should get paid for, you know, 
what they are, are worth. He talked about how kids work in college all the time. He doesn't have a problem with it. the problem that he has with name, image, image and likeness is when these collectives are formed. These are groups separate from the school and there are collectives that are formed to provide name, image and likeness deals to players for a school. And word on the street is they're run by boosters. And that's how you can funnel money from a booster's pocket to a kid's pocket. And the problem that he has with all of that particularly is it runs afoul of what name, image, and likeness is supposed to be kids performing on the field or on the court or whatever they're doing athletically at a school of higher learning. And because of their popularity, they're now allowed to make money off of their name, image, or likeness. Not to have any deals of name, image, and likeness that have yet to be struck used as an enticement to get somebody to come to the school. Who does that? Well, apparently Texas A&M does. And Nick Saban said the words out loud. It's not supposed to be something where people come and make money. And you make a decision about where you go to school based on how much money you're going to make. You should make a decision based on where you have the best chance to develop as a person, as a student, and as a player, which is what we've always tried to major in, and we're going to continue to do that, and hopefully there's enough people out there that will want to do it, but I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players, and you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Well, then. Mm. Wow. I guess he's sliced <laughs> bread because if you remember when Texas A&M was named to have its top recruiting class, there was – a blogger who went by the nickname of Slice Bread who said exactly that. (laughs) And it caused Jimbo Fisher to call out Sliced Bread, whoever that person was, to say that it's not true. (laughs) But Nick was kind of, he must have been butter because he was on a roll. He started naming some other names, including that of our friend Deion Sanders at Jackson State. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to a school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. I mean, these guys at Miami that are going to play basketball there for $400,000, it's in the newspaper. The guy tells you how he's doing it. So, um... But the NCAA can't enforce their rules because it's not against the law. And that's an issue. That's a problem. And, and unless we get something that protects them from litigation, I don't know what we're going to do about it. So, uh, look, I don't know about the Miami basketball situation. I do know uh, what Dion said when he was on this show and what he said um, um, after the signing in question um, and what he tweeted last night that it's not true that Travis Hunter got paid seven figures to come to Jackson State. And he tweeted last night, you best believe I will address the lie, that lie Coach Saban told. I was an awakened by my son Shadur that sent me the article stating that we paid Travis Hunter a million to play at, and he used the Twitter hashtag for Jackson State football. We as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people. 
with people capitalized, says the HC of an HBCU. Hmm. And Dion, I mean, to say that he bragged about it, he didn't. He said it didn't happen. That's what he said. So we're waiting here on Dion still as of this airing of this conversation. And if you're watching it back later on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, if he does speak in the next three hours, we'll, we'll react. But for the moment, Jimbo Fisher called a press conference too sweet. Okay, he called it right away, 11 Eastern time, 10 a.m. Wow. brunch time in College Station. And we're going to play for you unedited the way it started. And his first two minutes at the podium. Coach, uh, like to respond to some comments made last night in Alabama? Uh, yes, I would. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. <laughs> it's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous. But when, when he's not on top and the parody in college football he's been talking about, Go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families and Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. Wow. Normally I ask, what were they really thinking? What were they really thinking? Well, we know. Say <laughs> hello to my little friend. That's how he came out. <laughs> That's what he's thinking? That's how he came out. Ooh, guns blazing. Holy smokes. Look, this is my two cents on this. Dabo Swinney said last month in an interview with ESPN that this is, whole system is going to have to get blown up. What will blow it up? NCAA going to blow it up? They're not blowing it up. They don't, they, 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 they don't know what the hell they're doing. They were caught flat-footed by the Supreme Court ruling that basically said, hey, you better get on the stick here because the way you've been doing business <laughs> is potentially um, illegal. So the next case that comes here, we might just have to blow up so-called amateurism for you. Name, image, and likeness is here. And it is leveling a playing field, is it not? 
And if Saban doesn't like that, maybe that's why he's saying what he said last night. It could be also a little bit of a message to those in the room. Hey, everybody, open up your checkbooks a little bit more for our collective. Because we're no longer number one. And again, the great equalizer might be Saban and his ability to coach as well. That he might, with the number two recruiting class, just beat you about the head, neck, face, and chest as well. As we keep eyes peeled on October 8th of 2022, that is when Texas A&M visits Tuscaloosa. But what will blow it up is Nick Saban saying this stuff out loud. Because now he's got everybody's attention. It's not sliced bread calling it out. It's Nick Saban calling it out. This is what will blow it up. And if the NCAA cannot come up with a way to make sure that Buddy Garrity and Buddy Garrity's money from Buddy Garrity Dodge doesn't wind up in the pocket of some 17-year-old, if that is a problem, how do you stop it? And part of the reason why it is a problem, as Saban pointed out, is that 17-year-old enticed to come for that amount of money, and then suddenly 17-year-old doesn't get the starting job, and then suddenly 17-year-old wants to go into transfer portal, and then suddenly 17-year-old says, you promised me this money, and now I've got to go transfer out. I still want my money as I'm leaving, and now there's lawsuits galore about what was promised and what might be legal and what isn't legal and what's a state law and what's not a state law, and all sorts of holy heck is breaking loose. And if you want to actually... Put some sort of level playing field out there. And you also don't want, as you know, coaches, they don't want this sort of stuff, or or athletic departments, or presumably school presidents, they don't want the unionization that would have to come if you actually codify this stuff in a contract. If you turn these players into actual contracted paid employees of a school, everybody says that the Letter of intent is the contract. Yeah, that's for a scholarship. If you're talking dollars and cents, actual money, hard-earned cash, if you have contracts like that, you're going to have unions, and then it's just flat-out professional. If you want to have something that's not that, but also a level playing field, I said it when that Super League was formed over across the pond, in the world of professional soccer or football, as they would say, across the pond in Europe, when that Super League was formed and it lasted less than Belichick was the head coach of the Jets, <laughs> I said, what is the sport? Where in America could that happen? And I said, college football. And you already heard the Ohio State athletic director, Gene Smith, say just this past week something very similar to what I'm about to say. Get a group of teams and a group of schools and a group of programs that are kind of in the same area in terms of level of interest, in terms of money, in terms of conference, in terms of name brand. You put them together in your own collective called a Super League and the top teams in the SEC and the top teams in the Big Ten and the top teams across the country all get together and tell everybody else, we're out. 
We're going to enforce our own rules. We're going to come up with our own ideas as to how these players can get paid. And everybody else, you could figure it out because we're not waiting for the NCAA to do it. They could schedule us, but we're going to handle everything else in terms of where we play, when we play. And when I say schedule us, I mean for like bowls. Everything else, regular season schedule, whether conference games get played, you're already hearing that the, the, the ideas of divisions are now gone. It's going to be top two, just like the Big 12. Yeah. Top two in every conference. It's going to figure out how to, that's how you play for a conference championship or if you even need that. If you expand to eight teams or 12 teams or 16 teams for the right to play a playoff, this is the way it's heading. A bunch of schools are going to take their own footballs and go play in a league that they create with their own rules. And the first team that might lead the way is the SEC, because Greg Sankey is probably calling everybody up and saying, what are you doing? Yeah. What is happening? Why are we calling everybody out? Why is this now being aired? Why is this all there? What in the world is happening? And to... Remove yourself from this trough. Create your own world. That's the way it's going to happen. It's coming. I don't know when. But the SEC is probably going to lead the way because they're always doing that. But when Davos Swinney says this thing's got to get blown up, well, it sure sounds and feels like Nick Saban lit the match. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports is about to join us. And the thing is, they joined it. They created a giant Super League, forty teams. We're all going to watch. Of course, we're all going to follow, and we're going to get in. You know, as much as passionate as we are now. And then the question is, who gets to join? Because I'm sure someone like Dion's going to raise his hand and say, "Hey, why not us?" You have a tweet from him. I don't even make a million, says Coach Dion, because <laughs> responding to Travis Hunter, I got a million, but my mom's still staying in a three bedroom house with five kids. This is Travis Hunter, the kid in question. That's Dion's response. And I'll tell you this. I have not spoken to Dion yet. I'm, not, I'm sure he's uh, outraged yeah. and upset. But deep down, you know what else he's thinking? Jackpot. Jackpot. Let Alabama keep talking about Jackson State. We've got Nick Saban's attention. And not just because I'm doing an Aflac commercial with him. We have got Nick Saban's attention. We have Texas A&M's attention. And you best pay attention because I'm coming. I bet you deep down, Dion, as he's figuring out how to say it and what to go about it, part of him is like, you bet. When was the last time Alabama's coach talked about Jackson State and it wasn't like, hey, that's the team that's coming to play us before we play Auburn because we paid them $3 million to get their asses handed to them. No, he's talking about them as a peer. And that's got to count for something, too. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports, so much to discuss today. Wow. And then Matt Eberflus of the Chicago Bears and Titus Welliver of Bosch Legacy in studio. And you, what do you think about all this? 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We're back with Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports when we come back. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial on our terrestrial radio outfit. Joining us on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is a man who I reached out to this very morning to say, we got to talk, man. You got to help me out with this one from Fox Sports and the Athletic, good friend of ours from the world of college athletics, is none other than Bruce Feldman back here on the show. How you doing, Bruce? Uh, Busy day, Rich. (laughs) Kind of a mind-blowing laugh. 18 hours in college football. I mean, unbelievable. Um, So... I'll give you the floor, uh, Bruce. What, what do you think of everything that happened? I think Saban's choice of words using bought is obviously a head-turner. Um, I think the fact that he had said that every player was bought, I think that probably is going to give Jimbo Fisher some plausible deniability of every player. No, every player was not bought. I think um, – the thing you said a minute ago about about uh, doesn't know what the, he doesn't know what the collectives are and he's claiming that no way uh, that just doesn't add up because the idea that we've done a lot of stories at the athletic about collectives as well as NIL by the way NIL and I've written about this a lot now NIL a lot of people think stands for it now it's legal that's what NIL stands for <laughs> and the idea that collectives a bunch of random you know rich people would be identifying and spending six figures for some three-star defensive lineman or without the, the coaching staff knowing it, hey, we're going to invest in a player that we think is good, but you guys may not, may not feel the same way. That's preposterous. There's no way that happens. There's no way that happens that there are, they are talking, and this is you know, a, a lot more into it now where we're talking about there's a lot of agents some are attorneys who've gone in and they're shopping players around trying to get seven figures. The idea that Jimbo Fisher has not been privy to any of that, it's, it's laughable, right? But the stuff Nick Saban said, and, you know, I tweeted this out this morning and something, you know, I sent you was one of the SEC coaches I talked to this morning was like, there used to be honor among thieves kind of mantra in the SEC. And basically what you've had in the last, you know, you know, half a day is the two most prominent coaches in the, in the league are basically calling each other's wives fat in front of everybody. You know, and it's just, just a wild twist. And, you know, and you ask people, you know, I've asked people close to next day, and I was like, what do you think happened last night? And the one person was like, I don't think, you know, usually it's calculated. I don't know if, this was exactly calculated as much as it was just like in his head. He just said kind of like bleep it and just kind of like let it out there. 
Yeah, I mean, we may have reached the the part of Saban's career where he's out of you know wants to give. I I I, I don't know. So I guess uh, a follow up question for you on, on this, Bruce, is um, what what happens? Like, what what do you think Greg Sankey's thinking right now, the SEC commissioner? What do you think he's thinking? Uh, I think Greg Sankey probably isn't as happy about it as Paul Feinbaum is. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, like the you know the FCC has has dominated college football and won so many national titles, and have, you know their mantra, mantra is it just means more, and it just means more of what you know depends on who you talk to, right? Um, and it's you know there's always been an undercurrent. It's not just the FCC, but it's been heavily the FCC, right? And so for a long time, you know, when Mike's live who, you know, was really the conscience of college football and, and really was the godfather of the FCC, you know, wanted the FCC's image to be cleaned up. And for the most part, it got polished up for a while. But it is now as much in the gutter after what we've just seen. And we've seen a lot of sparring with Jimbo Fisher and Lane Kiffin in the last few months. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild right now. And so... You know, is it bad for business? I don't know. I mean, they're going to hold their nose. I think that the thing that people are probably going to look at is, all right, you know, there's been all this stuff going on under the table. Now it's it's, it's still kind of under the table because it's like the NIL rules have given people cover, but it's gotten into inducements and different things. And the NCAA is a joke. The NCAA can't do anything about it. So it's just like, all right, we're basically a professional league and we're better at it and we're more resourced at it than anybody else in in college sports. And, you know, I I think Greg Sankey has has not been shy about saying, you know, we're the ones who have the the keys to the kingdom. We're the ones who run the sport. We're the ones who bring in the most money and certainly the most championships. And I don't know if he sits there and thinks at the end of the day, you know, for the most part, they've tried to have their cake and eat it, too. Um, And I think this just kind of threw out some of the dirty laundry that's been bubbling beneath the surface. And it just exploded this morning. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen show. And if Saban wanted to bring attention to this, he he sure did. Uh, and outside of what Kirby Smart, the two coaches to to call out for it that might garner the most attention, um, I guess Lincoln Riley might have been one, but a former assistant within the division, within the conference, I mean, and uh, who, who beat him last year, not just on the field, but in recruiting, uh, might be one. And Dion certainly is another to call him out, too. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, that's another subplot to this. That's like Jimbo blew that one out of the water. You know, Dion going off about you know him getting the number one recruit in the country last year and Saban's allegations towards that. I mean, I you know, given what what happened, what you know, Jimbo said this morning, it's just like it takes a lot to 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 obscure Dion Sanders, but that's basically what Jimbo did. Yeah, uh, no doubt about that. And we're waiting to hear what what Dion is saying or is going to say about all this. And then the question is, is is any of this illegal, right? I mean, there was a a new, um, what, ruling that came out from the Board of Governors just last week to try and remove boosterism from the collectives. I mean, is any of this technically illegal, Bruce? 
you know, I think some of it, if they can trace, you know, there are people are up in arms about tampering. If, if you can find a, a paper trail on that, you know, in the meetings that were kind of preceded that in Scottsdale two weeks ago, where most of college football leadership other than the SEC and the ACC were there, um, it was a hot topic, especially among, you know, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, about tampering and, hey, we're going to check people's phone records. And if you have burner phones, that means you're basically guilty and that kind of thing. I, I don't doubt that there has been a lot of things that have gotten blurred. And, just, you know, like the hard part of this is what may be against NCA rules may not hold up in court. You're going to get all sorts of antitrust. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these collectives, you, you know, have tried, I'm not saying all of them, but a bunch of them have run things through compliance and have tried to try to really see what the state laws are, are saying and what are giving them cover to do. And so it's very murky on that. But I don't doubt that there's been a bunch of stuff where, you know, either boosters or some coaches have been blatantly breaking rules it's just who's going to catch them and how are they going to be you know and what's going to happen to them right i mean out of the out of the pac-12 meetings it was basically discussed look we're not going to try to be punishing 17 year old kids or their families we're really more maybe going to be fining or suspending schools and maybe suspending coaches if they've been part of that and it's just a lot of wink wink nod nod that's been going on I think behind the behind the scenes, just like you know, the aspect of Jimbo telling people, "Oh yeah, we don't know what our collective's doing." That's you know, it's like that just doesn't make sense. It's just not you know, it's not um, it's not realistic to think that that's what's happening. Bruce Feldman here from Fox Sports and the Athletic on the Rich Eisen Show, and so let, let's talk about the future. Uh, and and you know, our, our my buddy and our friend uh, Jay Billis has already chimed in, and I knew what he would say. I mean, he's been saying it: free market, the whole damn thing, right? And 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 this just shows you it does level the playing field. Alabama isn't the top recruiting class. Uh, Jackson State is being talked about as a peer, regardless of whether the allegations are true. Um, that 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 free market will actually show the way and that's the way it is in our economy in our world and it should be that way for college athletics and you hear many different coaches lament nil period uh and in between is somewhat potentially the future um what do you think the future is is it is it just staying the course and figuring everything out for yourself and everybody calling each other out or is it maybe with gene smith of ohio state throughout his quote-unquote just throwing stuff out that uh, 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 select teams come together under the college football playoff banner and create their own Super League. What do you think? I mean, it could be, it could get to that. I, I think the most, one of the most interesting aspects of this to me is going to be, you know, talk, I've talked to a lot of coaches in the last week and a half, and one of the things that's really come up is the agents are really driving this, and that part has gotten, as they see it, out of control. And, okay, what is out of control when it relates to college football recruiting? Because that's, a, that's a, you know, a big field to cover with a lot of minefields in it. And as, as you know, the discussion of this is, are players being tampered with? Well, what really seems to be going on a lot is agents will shop players around saying, hey, I got a guy, you know, what would you pay for him? And that's before the kid is in the portal. And those discussions are going on. Now, you, what, what adds to that is 
agents have seen, and I'm just talking in the last like four months, hey, we can get six, eight million dollar contract for a high school recruit who's not even a senior yet. He may have ability, he may have been ranked a four or five star player. And these a lot of these programs, and look, it's not a coincidence. Texas AM has a lot of money and there's a lot of desperation. It's been they've had like one really good season in like fifty years. So, you know, there's desperation there. There's desperation at a place like Tennessee. You know, they've fallen from relevancy. So those money people are going to try to go all in, and they're basically hoping their seven-figure, you know, recruit is going to be Cam Newton for them, which in reality is, you know, as much as the hype is for those guys, the average, you know, uh, hit rate on, in the last 10 years on those five-star quarterbacks is actually about 30%. In terms of 30% turn out to be close to what they are. I'm not talking about they turn out to be Cam Newton. They turn out to be, you know, big, big-time players. The rest turn out to, to fizzle out. That's before you put all the money on them and all the expectations and all the other stuff that's going to come with it. So I think what's going to be really interesting to see is when all these big contracts get put on for a lot for a handful of players, how does it impact those kids? How does it impact the programs? Because everybody inside those programs know it. So you may you may sign a, a quarterback for seven figures who's maybe making triple what your starting quarterback's making. How is that going to work out? You know, so there's just a lot of stuff that I don't think anyone really knows how it's going to play because logic doesn't always dictate what happens with money people when you put in ego and desperation on top of it. Well, then it's going to take a lawsuit. I just don't know who's going to file it. Lots of lawsuits. Agents, collective, you know, like big money people usually have big money attorneys to to try to back them. Well, I'm just going to be right. Maybe they're going to be wrong. The the, NCAA's lost a lot. Right. Well, the reason what what I'm bringing, I'm forgetting the NCAA. I I, I think they're, they're, they're in over their heads. I mean, you saw how much money they've wasted on lawsuits that they've lost. Right. I mean, it's they're, they're finished that, that, that uh, honestly, they're, they're finished. They, they're, they've already been told they're irrelevant by the Supreme court and to watch their step. You're already seeing everybody just do whatever the hell they want to do anyway. Uh, the school presidents are, 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 have their heads in the sand when it comes to this sort of thing. So the reason why I'm bringing up the, a, a lot, the, what, what will bring some change is something that Nick Saban literally just said. And then some kid suing a, a school because he didn't get fully paid. Uh, and the reason why he didn't get fully paid is because he left for a transfer portal because he didn't get what was promised on the field and what was promised off the field and lay everything bare in discovery. And that that's what I, I'm thinking. Uh, I, I'm just trying to think ahead here as to where this is all going because nobody knows, and that's obvious, and it's now ugly. There's just no other way to put it, Bruce. Yeah, and, and the lawsuits are going to keep coming because I think it is a big money grab. There's a lot of people who are not connected to college football before, you know, attorneys who've seen this opportunity, and they see, you know, it's really an uncharted path. So all of a sudden now you have a bunch of agents. Who are, I know I'm not talking about like agents like Jimmy Sexton agent, Drew Rosenhaus agent. I'm not saying that those guys won't get involved in, you know, in marketing aspect of some of those NFL firms. But what you have is a lot of people who were never in this space before, and they're looking at it going, wait a minute, this kid's rated as a five-star. I can get him on a plane to like seven programs who I think are desperate or have money, and let's see how high I can get them to jump. 
And those kinds of things, when people are trying to police it and rein it in, it's just um, it's just kind of a recipe for chaos. And I don't want to say a recipe for disaster because I don't think you know I don't want to you know just put you know the judgment on it or whatever because I feel like the system was so tilted the wrong way for so long. Um, it's just you know I think you're going to see a lot of people trying to get their pound of flesh in this. I agree. Chaos is a perfect word for it. And and again, that's why I think uh, a bunch of schools will not appreciate the chaos. Certainly school presidents won't. And then because it, it lends to way too much uh, economic uncertainty as to how much money is required to have a football program that's successful. You can't depend on it. You can't budget for it. You can't do anything like that, which is why a bunch of schools are going to get together and say, let's just play ourselves and screw everybody else. I honestly think that's the way this is going, Bruce. That's yeah, look, and you have, you know, go back to the Reggie Bush scandal, my colleague at Fox now, by the way. <laughs> go back to the Reggie Bush scandal at USC. That's like quaint now. Down on them That's quaint. So hard. Yeah. So hard on, right. uh, on them after. And it was not to keep Reggie Bush in school, by the way. Right. It was tied to, you know, after. But, like, the USC, a lot of USC money people were like, hey, we should, we should just go away from the NCAA and we'll do our own thing. And at that point, it just seemed like so out of left field. I'm not saying there got any traction to that. But there was a lot of chatter amongst USC people about that. I, I think we're way closer to that now than we ever were um, for a bunch of stuff, for a bunch of reasons. And there's TV money there that, you know, we see it in terms of, you know, you know this better than anybody. Uh, you know, networks are desperate for programming and everything. And there's a lot of interest, not NFL interest, but there's a lot of interest in college football. There certainly will be on October 8th. That's for sure, which is when Texas A&M and Alabama play each other. Bruce, uh, thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Rich. Thanks for having me. Right back at you. I follow Bruce Feldman on Twitter. You should as well. Just a great follow, a great fountain of information, and um, I appreciate him calling in. Wow. When we come back, we'll play that soundbite for you about uh, what uh, what um, when ask point blank about the collectives and everything like that. What um, Jimbo Fisher had to say. Matty Rafluse will turn the page to the actual professional game, as opposed, as opposed to the one in quotes. He's coming up at the top of the next hour as well. So much to discuss, and we'll check on the PGA Championship leaderboard. Callaway Rogue Irons, they're out there for you to try. I'm telling you, you're going to love them. And I'm telling you, there's one version of the Callaway Rogue Irons that's out there for you. They come in four different offerings. The best part about it is every single one of the Rogue ST irons, each model uses artificial intelligence on a high-strength 450 steel. It's the only irons ever to do so. And you could tell the difference between the Rogue ST irons and any other iron that you've ever played. I use the Rogue ST Max. That's the uh, one that's designed for the widest range of players. An incredible combo of speed, forgiveness, all-around performance. If you are low to mid-single-digit handicapper, the Rogue ST Pro is the one for you. Nice, compact player shape, so sleek. The Max OS is Callaway's best game improvement model, which means you're a mid-to-high handicapper who sucks. Wait a minute. No, I added that content. But that's the bottom line. It's there for the best game improvement model. And the Max OS Lite, the most forgiving high-launch iron out there for players with maybe a slower swing speed than than everyone else. No other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons. Find your Rogue ST irons at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. 
Round one uh, at uh, Southern Hills Country Club that has oh, been yeah. uh, completely uh, that that buffet has been wrecked by uh, Nick Saban's comments last night, and then Jimbo Fisher's response and Deion Sanders were still waiting from uh, Coach Prime to put anything on camera. He has been tweeting out quite a bit. What is uh, what's the leaderboard looking like right now? Uh, the leaderboard is awesome. Roy McElroy is on fire, guys. Absolutely blistering the course right now. He is a leader. Five under par. He Damn. birdied four straight holes. Him, obviously, he's playing with Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth today. They started on number 10. Rory birdied four straight holes on his front nine, which is the back nine. 12, 13, 14, and 15. He rolled in a birdie on two a short while ago. He sits alone at five under. A few guys, two shots back at three under. Dean Burmester, Will Zalatoris, and Tom Hogue. Chris Kirk and Abraham Ainser sit at two under. And a host of guys are at one under, including Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Cam Smith, Kevin Na. Where's Tiger? Tiger hit a bit of a rough patch. As he made the turn, uh, he bogeyed 18, 1, and 2 to go to plus 2, but bounced back with a birdie at 3. Okay. He now sits at plus 1. They started him off the back, huh? Yeah, that group with Rory and Spieth and Tiger Damn. started on 10. Okay. Uh, your leader for a short second, guys, was John Daly at minus 2. <laughs> I love it. Big John was in the first group uh, to tee off today. But he now sits at even par. And he showed up in all his glory as well. Well, if you haven't seen Big John lately, he has this gigantic Santa beard. Yeah, and the gigantic gut that and, we all well, come. And he's riding a cart, gut. too. He's in a cart. Uh, I, I believe that he has a tour exemption to ride a cart. Yeah. And McElroy's too clear right now. Very good. Max Homa yeah. was, yeah, was the leader three under a second ago. But Look at those pants. Now. Those very colorful skull pants. Brockman, was there any word Look on how that. many heaters uh, Big John had? Over under on Big John's front nine heaters, I said it's 17 and a half. <laughs> Come a on, lot of heaters. You can't do that many. But where is he now? Is he, <laughs> is he way back now? Uh, no, he's, he, he dropped a couple of shots. He's at even par, Big John. Ah, he's at even par. Yeah. Okay, man. Through 16. Very good. He's playing great. Okay. He's only missed that? that, but he had a double on 11. Max Homa's oh, even par. Good to see him. Okay. Yeah, Max Homa was at three under to start. He was your leader for a minute. Will Zalatoris uh, at three under. Okay, More very importantly, good. Importantly, where are our Callaway guys? Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Ram is not. update to start tomorrow. Ram, I don't think it's he teed isn't teed off. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, thank you for that update, sir. Greatly appreciated. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Okay, so you know, um, again the. Jimbo Fisher response that came so fast today and so stridently today. Again, the Rich Eisen show has uh, got uh, exclusive sound of what he initial what his initial um, statement was. You got it, Mike. You got it. Uh, hit. Say hello to my little friend. That was it right there. <laughs> and they said we need a little bit more meat on the bones. Little, a little bit more meat on the bones. Who's your little friend? What do you mean? What does say hello mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, and, and him basically saying, look into Saban. Ask any of his former assistants. Ask anybody who's known him or been around him. He's a cheater, too, essentially. He didn't use the word cheating, but he absolutely said that over and over and over again. He said he had a glass house, but we elected him God. I guess when you walk on water, you could say stuff like that. He's supposed to be some football czar. I mean, over and over again. 
said the uh, you know the quiet part left remained quiet, but what was out loud was essentially like, who is he to tell me and use my name and use our institution of higher learning and seventeen year old kids as people who aren't doing the right thing? When you should everybody should go look into what he's done. But then the lost amongst all that is like, well, was saving right or what? Like, what what are you doing? Like, how'd you get that recruiting class? How do you come out of nowhere and just bang back to back number well, one? It's not class? out of nowhere. I mean, you're you're kind it's of in not, the top not ten. Out of it's not like you're. It's not like you're thirtieth. It's not like Ole Miss back in the day that let, that wound up sending Hugh Freeze to Liberty. Okay where all of a sudden DK Metcalf shows up and Laramie Tunsil shows up and, you know. That's true. Where, where they, they were way out of it, and then all of a sudden they get a bunch of kids. So, but they're number one, and Alabama isn't anymore. So this is what, um, what, uh, what Jimbo had to say when asked point blank about it. You're saying that no players in the There's no, no laws of anything any were ever or... promised, done, anything that goes against the laws of the state of Texas. And it's insulting to say a 17-year-old and his family broke laws. No. So, I mean, it's all parsed with, you know, no bylaws broken, nothing broken. It's like, did you? He said, nothing promised that's against the state of laws of Texas, which, you know, now leads us all to go, let's look up the state of laws of Texas or whatever. And and if, if, if there was a collective, and he also said he had no idea what the collective's up to, which is just, it, it, it boggles the mind. So you're just going to let a collective go and tell a kid, you know, they've got an, I guess you're just going to have a collective tell a kid, hey, somebody wants your name, image, and likeness. You're not going to look in, look into it? You're not going to look into who it is? You're going to find out who it is? Certainly, if they're knocking on the door of somebody that you're recruiting, and what if, they're, what if they are setting somebody up with a name, image, and likeness deal that you don't think can handle it, or you don't think, you know, or even worse, you're recruiting and you just you have no idea if anybody from your organization or a collective associated with anybody that you know or your school knows is offering a kid anything. It kind of stretches the imagination. Let's put it that way. But the bottom line is, you know, even if you think this whole thing is unsavory and it's ugly, I guess you won't be sitting down in front of, I imagine, would be CBS Sports on the 8th of October when Texas A&M plays Alabama. That week is going to be lit, and we'll all be tuned in for it. And we'll see who comes out on top and which player that just got recruited by A&M does whatever for them. We'll be tuned in for that, and, you know, and... I don't have a problem with kids getting paid. And if they, if like, hey, you come here, we'll give this to you. And I don't have a problem with a school being told, I'm not coming unless you match the offer I got from somewhere else. I don't have a problem with that at all. It's the coach's prerogative to say, yeah, that's, that's not the way we do things here. And, or, yeah, uh, I mean... That's not a price we're willing to pay for you. I don't have a problem with any of that. I have a problem with no rules around it. I, that's what I have a problem with because it leaves everyone unprotected. 
schools, you're going to think, yeah, schools, they, they, don't, they don't need protection. Coaches, to hell with them. They, the, the, the rules have been in their favor. What's to stop a kid from saying, I was told X number of dollars and I'm not getting it. I'm suing you. And there's no paper trail. There's no paperwork because everyone's covering it because we're trying to hide something. Just put it all out in the open. And come up with the rules to figure that out. And if that means unionizing the kids, then so be it. I'm more of, I tilt more towards Billis than everyone else on this one. That's it. And what's to stop a school from suing a kid? You left us. We told you we were going to give you all this money. You needed to stay for this amount of time. Oh, really? Where's the contract? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll pay you that. You've just got to commit at least to two, three years here. No transfer portal for you. Even though that's not what? Legal, right? Well, that's not on, up and up. There's just too much being done under the table. Legal because they're student athletes. So you're not technically allowed to do that, I guess? I don't know. Nobody does. So that's why Billis is kind of right. It's just like, let the free market bear what it bears. The same way that coaches can leave schools. The same way that, as he says, school presidents will always understand what you pay certain employees for certain jobs. It's the same thing for the, the kids. But we just don't need the ugliness, like coaches calling each other out. And you certainly... Uh, it's coming. Some kid's going to sue a school or vice versa to say a deal that was made behind their paywall, if you will, wasn't lived up to. 